Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, welcome in to Vikings Ventline. Long overdue because, damn it, they didn't win a game in the preseason. They lost their first two. And they destroyed the Seahawks today. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad from U.S. Bank Stadium, and our executive producer, Declan Goff, doing all the work behind the scenes on Ventline every single week. Uh, presented by Surly Brewing Company, and we're going to talk more about uh, our... Ooh, which one do you have there, Declan? Rocking a Surly Hell while my friend Judd Zolgad is uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium, alcohol-free, quote-unquote. Uh, so <laughs> I, I will do the Surly drinking. I'm, I'm rocking a Surly Hell, but of course you can always rock... The uh, Minnesota's favorite IPA, the Surly Furious, but not too many things to be furious about after the week one win, so I'll rock the Surly Hell. No, in fact, uh, the Seahawks are in hell after being shut out in the second half and getting daggered time after time by Kirk Cousins. So here's how this works. Ventline is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. We're celebrating a Vikings win today. A million things to talk about, so we're going to say our piece up front, and then we're going to basically just make the rest of the show about you guys. We'll bring fans into the show throughout the entire time. And if you want to be part of it, send us an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Thanks to those of you who are watching on a TCL TV. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, which is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. Award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution. And I, on a TCL TV today, watched Kirk Cousins have one of his best games, not only as a Viking, but maybe in his career. And he's had some 400-yard games. He had the game against Detroit last year, I want to say. We threw for like 400 and no interceptions, but uh, 323 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And I think some of the throws he was making, that third down throw with a free blitzer coming in his face uh, to basically end the game and and kill off more clock to K.J. Osborne, that was a phenomenal play. So, uh, Judd, how, how loud is it there right now? Can we let's unmute Judd and see it's if we bad. can get his thoughts? Okay. I think it's fine. I think we're let's, fine now. Let's Fans. start with your, your observations from the stadium, Judd. Go ahead. Um, let's see. Where, where do I start? Uh, does Kirk Cousins want to be in the MVP discussion? He sure looked like he does today. That is as good wow, a performance. Wow. And, I, and, of course, I got a bunch of tweets back saying, oh, now, you know, you can't rip him. I don't want to rip him. <laughs> this is why they signed him. No. He played like he did today. He was fantastic. Look, the Vikings defense, let's be upfront about this, was a train wreck for the first quarter plus. Into the second quarter, they were a complete train wreck. And what did the offense do? They did two things. One, they, they kept the team in the game in the first half 
Uh, there was a huge call that went the def defense's way. The defensive holding call after Kirk got sacked that would have forced the Vikings to punt the ball from fairly deep in their own territory, but instead gave the Vikings a first down was an absolutely enormous sea change in this game. But in, in the second half, what impressed me so much was the Vikings come out and do what? Eight-minute-plus drive on the opening possession. And look at the time of possession in that half. They didn't give their defense enough time to be on the field, to get burned. Um, they kept them fresh. The offense won th this game, plain and simple. If I'm giving out MVPs for this game, I got three of them. Kirk Cousins is one. Kirk Cousins was that good. No yeah, question was, about it. He was lights out. Yep. Two, Alexander Madison. Fantastic day. Dalvin Cook does not play. And I would argue that MVP three actually – not saying Dalvin Cook's not a marvelous player, but I would argue MVP three in my hat trick actually benefited from Cook not playing. It was Clint Kubiak. Think about how much different this game looked and how much more Kirk was the focal point. Um, and, and Madison was used very effectively, but you didn't feel like it was this, we got to pound the rock with 33. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a great game plan. Eureka, this is what we've been talking about, Phil, for how long? And so my three MVPs for this game are Cousins, Clint Kubiak, and Madison. And I think it was such a well-called game. And it was as if it was as if Kirk and Clint working hand-in-hand -hand today um, worked about as well as I can recall an offensive coordinator and a quarterback working in this town since Case Keenum and Shermer back in 2017. Yeah. Uh, I want to put one thing to bed here right away because I, I can tell you and I are already getting a lot of this on Twitter and we're probably going to get a lot of it in the YouTube comment section. Um, you know, when are you guys going to admit that you were wrong about Kirk or, oh, now what's the narrative today about Kirk? I'll just speak for myself, I guess. It's quite simple. When Kirk plays lights out, he deserves all the praise. Kirk was lights out today. I'm not going to apologize for holding Kirk and the Vikings to a high standard. And, and for criticizing his shortcomings, he does have shortcomings. There are reasons why the Vikings have so many ebbs and flows offensively, why he led the league in interceptions the first half of last year, right? Like, we've been all over his shortcomings, but we're also all over his lights-out play when it happens. This is the eighth time in his Vikings career he's thrown for 300 yards, no interceptions, and at least uh, eight yards per attempt with multiple touchdowns. So, it, it, like... 300, multiple touchdowns, no picks, and chunks through the air. This is the eighth time he's done that um, in his Vikings career, and he deserves praise. It's not that complicated. What are you guys going to say about Kirk? I'm going to bow down to that performance today. That was amazing. That throw to Thielen in the end zone on third down and 12 or whatever, like he yeah. deserves all the praise. He was awesome today. And this is why we get frustrated when he doesn't play well, because he has this ability. He has, the, he has a great arm, okay? Flat out. He has a great arm, and when he utilizes it and is allowed to, this offense can hum. Um, this offense, for one of the few times in a Vikings win since Mike Zimmer took this team over in 2014, this offense, in my opinion, dragged the defense to victory. Like, like the defense rebounded a bit, and that's fine. Griffin, I thought, played a really good game, and I get all, all of that. But the story of this game, without a doubt, is the Vikings' offense performance and how Kirk played. And the fact that, again, for a quarter and a half, this defense today for the Vikings was absolutely, in my opinion, terrible. And the offense did everything they had to do to keep this game close and then scored 23 unanswered points beginning in the second quarter. 
See, I'll, I'll say one thing about the defense, who, by the way, pitched a shutout in the second half. Zero points by the Seahawks and Russell Wilson in the second half. As much as they were just incapable of doing anything to stop the Seahawks offense through the first quarter and a half or so, uh, at least, you know, the, the yardage was incredible. I'm actually surprised the Seahawks didn't have more than 17 points at halftime when you look up. Yep. Um, I didn't really, I, th- this was this and next week, kind of the same way. Like I don't expect the defense to do anything other than just hold on for dear life against Russell Wilson. And again, against that Kevin Stefanski schemed and that offensive line, the Browns are going to bring is one of the best in the NFL. Um, I don't expect this defense to do anything other than just like keep, keep, keep the score as close to under 30 as you can and hope the Vikings can win in a shootout. And so by that, Standard, the defense actually outperformed my expectation today with what they did in the second half. So, I mean, there were some really rough moments in the first half, but ultimately to come back and pitch a shutout, well, a shutout in the second yeah, half against Russell Wilson. But but the time of possession that, that the Vikings had, especially on that first drive to me, completely set that tone. Yeah. And look, look, I'm just saying that it, it's not very ordinary for a Zim coach team to say, you know, who won this game, basically our offense. And and I just my praise of how Kirk played and this offense played and Thielen and Jefferson and Madison uh, is off the charts because this was a game that the Vikings easily could have sort of shrugged and been like, oh boy, not our day again. You're zero and three. Your coach's job is in huge jeopardy at that point, and the offense and Kirk came back. And and I don't want to ignore Clint because I've I've questioned can Clint Kubiak do this job. And clearly what he was doing today was on point. And when you take Dalvin Cook out, it should cause a blip, shouldn't it? Because I'm going to tell you right now, it didn't. It didn't well, cause then, a blip. Then, there, there, there is another running back discussion to be had here. Does, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that Dalvin Cook isn't the best running back in the NFL or anything. I think it just shows you that, you know, when, you, when your offensive line blocks pretty well and you got someone competent, like a lot of guys can run for four and a half yards of carry and uh, yeah. get you over 100 yards in – Total yardage from scrimmage. Um, Declan, your thoughts on the Vikings' first win of the season today? Yeah, a, a complete team performance. And look, I, I thought going into this game, we were talking on Friday, you know, how is this one going to shake out? And I thought, I didn't think the Vikings would win this one close. Just with the way things have gone the last first two weeks, I thought it, it, if it comes down to the wire, I'm going to give the advantage to the Seahawks and Russell Wilson because they've been there and done that. And outside of basically the first, what, 20 minutes of this game where Seattle did look like they could possibly roll, Vikings shut it down, and they basically took this game by the ropes and, and were in control from basically the, the second half of the second quarter and then into the second half as well, and, and they controlled the pace. And, yeah, losing Dalvin Cook, you, you thought that was going to be a big problem. Alex Madison, again, when he's given opportunities, he's shown he can be a damn good running back. Look what the Browns do. They use three running backs every week, it seems. You know, they have the best force in the world. Alex Madison, I think, proved today that he can also hang. K.J. Osborne coming up with some humongous third down grabs. I mean, Jefferson had a good day. Thielen had a good day in the end zone. Don't sleep on K.J. Osborne being all reliable basically on third down two. Complete team win. It was a, it was a needed win, and they won convincingly, and they needed this one badly. And, uh, you know, I know I, obviously you guys have been critical of Kirk Cousins. I've never lost faith ever. Um, and you can now add another – well, he's beat, he actually beat Russell Wilson, I think, when he was in Washington like mm-hmm. four years ago. Okay. But move over Randy Orton. We have a new legend killer in the Vikings locker room. Russell Wilson, slain. Drew Brees on the road in the playoffs. Hall of Famer, slain. 
Aaron Rodgers on the road last year. I think he might have beat Aaron Rodgers also a couple years ago. Yeah. Yep. He did. Eli Manning, Matt Ryan. We're talking Eli Manning probably going to the Hall of Fame. Matt Ryan MVP, right? What more? Bring Tom Brady on again. I want more Hall of Fame legend caliber opponents for Kurt to slay. Kirk, I mean, to slay like he did. How dare you? How today. dare you, Griffin? <laughs> you got his name wrong. So here's the one thing that I would like to know, and I'm sure it's going to become a story here if Kirk continues to play like this. Um, what has been or who got to him or when did he decide that I have to get the ball out? He is getting the ball out far quicker than he ever has as a Viking. I, I believe Ben Gessling in a story today about Kirk in the Star Tribune said he was bottom seven in the league at getting the ball out last year. He is now, I believe, in the top seven of that same category. Uh, that throw to K.J. Osborne I, in 2018, 19, and dare I say 20 is a Kirk sack, and, and it's bad. Yeah. Uh, that pass today was bang out. Dude. Uh, that changes the whole dynamic here. Changes yeah. the whole conversation. Also, and and Osborne was he did have a step, but he he was covered on that play. That was I mean that yeah. was just a magnificent throw and and catch all around. But credit to the Vikings receivers and maybe and maybe a debit to the Seattle secondary. But it seemed like Vikings receivers were breaking wide open throughout this entire game. I mean, they were just whether it was man or zone. Thielen and Jefferson and even Conklin, my God, like all these guys were beating their opponents and getting wide open and uh, just presenting targets for Kirk to throw to. But the two best throws of the game were well covered. The throw that you're talking about on third down with a free running blitzer in his face across the middle to KJ Osborne. Mm-hmm. And then the third down, I think it was third and 10 or 11. And they had they had to get to the two yard line or something for a first down. And he finds Adam. He look. He looks off the safety and maybe a linebacker to the left creates a couple extra yards for Adam Thielen, and he puts that football in tight window, tight coverage. So Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like that? Unbelievable performance today. He was excellent, and the Vikings are now one and two. They're on the board. That means a pie chart of praise on Purple Daily tomorrow. But uh, let's get to it here. This is Vikings Vent Line live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Mackie, Judd, Declan, and uh, if you're watching us here on the YouTube channel, you can do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button, and in turn, we'll give you daily Vikings entertainment. Click the bell notification so you get alerted, and click the like button. Let's see how many likes we can get on this thing. If you think the Vikings have a chance to bounce back and maybe win three straight home games, click the like button. If you think Kirk Cousins is shoving it right up our butts for being critical, click the like button. Show us how much you want us to eat our words. Declan, who's first on right. Vikings Vent Line today? Yeah, let's start it off with uh, our guy Cooper. Cooper, what's up, buddy? What's up, How's Cooper? How's it going, boys? Isn't Good it man, nice? Isn't it nice when the quarterback lives up to that contract? Like it's just great. It's about time now. You know <laughs> exactly right. You know what? Kirk Cousins, not Judd, not Mackie, and not Declan, control the narrative. Yes, sir. And today, dude, <laughs> you control the narrative. Number eight did good for you. Yeah. Absolutely, but. No, I mean, it's good. This game, to me, I guess this win didn't surprise me. You know, they started 0-2, and they obviously had to have it. They don't ever, you mentioned this, they don't ever collapse Zim and Cousins. Now it's just about, I guess, can they take that next step to get past 7-9 to nine wins and actually prove it from there. But uh, are you guys just, I don't know, surprised by this win? Like, they had to have this game at home, home opener. It's just, I'm glad they did it, but yeah, it's like, you had to do it, and you proved you could. It's just... Expected at this point. Listen, Cooper, we're we're wrong a lot on this show. <laughs> All of us thought they were going to win this game. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we thought that they were going to pitch a shutout in the second half and that they were going to win it by thirteen points. 
Um, but it just it felt like finally the Seahawks have to come deal with 70,000 screaming Vikings fans for once, right? Like it's been <laughs> right, exactly. every single year it's the other way around, and you have to go play uh, you know, the 12th man in Seattle. This just kind of felt like Vikings season's on the line. Seahawks really isn't. Like they'll they'll probably be fine and come back. They have a tough schedule. Vikings have to have this game. They're playing at home, home field advantage for the first time in two years, and uh, and all the stars sort of align. So not super surprising, but yeah. an amazing win for the Vikings for sure. And I guess I'll ask you: Does this second half shutout earn earn you any points back with Zim? Like where were you before this and after this? More faith than before the game, I guess. I I want to see him against the Browns. Um, the Seattle, so so Seattle's play calling baffled me today. Uh, they they came out and had success in the passing game, and then they seemed to go away from that. And then they were going to run, run, run. Uh, there were some third down calls I don't get. So I I was so disheartened by the first part of the of the game itself that I need to see a continuation defensively. Uh, but, I mean, if you accept the fact that this offense can be damn good and allow it to be and allow it to cook, you know what? You can win games like this at least here. I don't know yeah. if you can go on the road and win a bunch like this, but you can win games like this here. And I will say this, again, Baker Mayfield, who I don't love, I think he's good, but I don't love him, is going to have to come and deal with the same environment um, and for an offense, it is a pain in the ass to operate in the din of the noise in this building. It's off the charts, which is a credit to the fan base. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. And maybe thanks, we Cooper. bumping that cap hit to, you know, 50 mil for Cousins next year. Who I knows? think so. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Let's 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 double it. Let's make it 70. Let's do it. <laughs> thanks. Guys. All right. Thanks for thanks, jumping Cooper. on Cooper on Vikings vent line. Who's next? Declan? Yeah, let's uh, keep it rolling here. We'll go to Quentin. Quentin, what's up, dude? You're on Vikings vent line. Yo, dude. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Skull. Skull, man. I, I don't know if you guys remember, I was talking about how the Vikings were that, that bad girlfriend last week. That's right. <laughs> hey, I guess she came through this week there, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly. I, I like that! I like that! <laughs> I like that, man. Honestly, I just with Kirk, I can tell, man, if, if his first couple of drives are solid, it's, it's just like snowball downhill, man. He starts gaining it, and... He was lights out today, man. It was awesome to see him um, doing his thing. But did you see I that? I got my purple dumbbell here. This is Kirk Cousins doing all the heavy right? lifting right, right. here. That's did you right. see that read option play they called for Kirk? Yeah. I threw out that play. Throw okay. that play. Okay, Clint Kubiak had a great day, except for that. It was like, wait, what? what you... like, did we just run a read option? And I, man, with, with like, the... the clock was winding down, too. It's like you have a limited number of plays. Like, Kirk's just, Thank like, sprinting Bobby to the Wagner sideline. didn't kill him, man, because, <laughs> God. But, I mean, the only thing I didn't like in this game was freaking Brashad Breeland, man. I don't know what's up with that guy, but hopefully he gets, it, gets his noodle right and he starts playing. But other than that, man. Vikings crossed the board, man. It was good to to finally sit back and enjoy a Vikings dub, man. Skull. There it is, Quentin. Thanks for coming on, dude. Great stuff, man. We'll uh, we'll get more more girlfriend analogies from him next week. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if you consistently went after Peterson and Breland, what type of success would you have? Because it felt like Seattle did early and then they pulled back a bit. So that's the one thing I'm curious about. I'm curious about the ability. Uh, Peterson early on, DK Metcalf beat him badly. That looked terrible. And Breland, did, did you guys see at the end of the first half, and, and the clock eventually 
ran out. But Breland missed a tackle along the sideline that was inexcusable. So, yeah, that the Breland thing still concerns me, and I, I'm still curious if Dantzler wouldn't be a better guy to be taking a long, hard look at at that spot. Um, but you know what? They did win. So it, it, fe- it felt to me like the – the defensive front, and I and I'd have to go and see, and we'll find out once we, you know, once people look at the tape and once we look at the PFF data, how many times they sent an extra man. But they were really making Russell Wilson uncomfortable up front in the second half. Daniel Hunter was getting after him. Uh, Everson Griffin had like at least three pressures that I saw in the second half of that game, and so there might it it, it looked like Russell was really comfortable in the first half. In the second half, he was running for his life a lot more. Um, and we'll see. I, yeah, Breland had a rough first half, and uh, and got burned on a couple plays. And I was kind of wondering, oh, are they are is are they just going to make a mid mid game switch like in the middle of the second quarter and bring Dantzler in? Um, Patrick Peterson, my only like my biggest pet peeve in this game actually was Patrick Peterson adamantly calling for Harrison Smith to get yeah, that interception great. at the end. It was really. It's weird. like guys, you don't want the interception. Yeah. I get that you might want it for stats, but Harrison's got a new contract. Stats don't matter for him anymore. You guys don't want that interception. Um, so Vikings win 30-17, to 17. Kirk Cousins 30 for 38, 323, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 128.4 passer rating, and uh, he outduels Russell Wilson in this one. Who's next on Vikings Vent Line presented by Surly Brewing Company? Yeah, we'll get to Coach Ben here in just a little, uh, just a second, but uh, some post-game comments coming in from Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson and Mike Zimmer floating in right now. And when asked about Kirk, Adam Thielen said it's been a different Kirk Cousins this year, and he's just locked in. Mike Zimmer also saying that uh, this was one of the best offensive performances he's ever seen and it's as, as the head coach of the Vikings in the last eight years. So some pretty he's damn right. high praise, man. I mean, it was a solid offensive performance. Yeah, he's right. They uh, Just from a team standpoint, the Vikings, let's see here, um, 6.2 yards per play and 453 total yards. And that yards per play would have been higher. You know, toward the end, they, were, you know, they weren't going for yards. They were just going to grind clock. So uh, the defense did allow seven and a half yards per play in this one to the Seahawks. Some garbage time stuff. They had like a big 35-yard gain at the end of the first half that goosed those numbers. So uh, definitely some things to work on there. But, hey, when your offense can put up 30 points with relative ease, your defense doesn't have to be the 1985 Bears. That's the beauty of this thing. I don't think anyone needs the Vikings defense to be, all right, you got to hold these guys to nine, otherwise we're screwed. If they can score 30 on a regular basis, which I think they're capable of doing, um, then the defense has a lot more leeway to make some mistakes and, and, and feel it out over the course of three hours. All right. All right, let's go to our guy, Ben in Florida. What's up, buddy? What's How up, Ben? You? Yo, so guys, um, I I think this is a season-turning win, personally. I, I think this is, a, this is a win that could get them kind of on a little roll. My only hope is I hope Zimmer looks at the offensive performance and decides um, that, hey – I'm going to lean on my offense. I'm going to lean on Kirk Cousins. And I think Zimmer can do just enough on defense. I don't know, get a key turnover or get a, get a strip, something. You know, just he can do just – he can coast the defense to do just enough. But Zimmer has got to lean on Kirk Cousins going forward because I, I think he's – he should be in the conversation for the MVP these first three games. I know there's one and two, but he's played at an MVP-type level. And – and two other things too. I want to keep two. I want to. <laughs> I want to keep two praises too. First of all, AJ Osborne's emergence this year is massive. 
that's a third receiver Kirk Cousins can trust. Like that, uh, that, that throw where Kirk, Kirk just threw it to KJ Osborne's area and said, go make a play. Yep. And that's what you want to see from Kirk. And for the second straight game, we'd have to look at the numbers. I thought the offensive line was terrific. You know, Kirk got that strip sack. That was a fluke. That was kind of a fluky play. Kirk was trying to move out of the pocket. But I thought the offensive line played a very, another very good game. And, you know, you got, I think Cleveland's the perfect opponent to come in next because Baker Mayfield is not Russell Wilson. And he's also not terrible. He's kind of like a middle of the road QB. Um, so I can't wait. You know, I think, I really think they can get to two and two. And if you're at two and two, you're feeling a whole lot better about yourself right now. Yeah. So yeah, great, great insight, man. Uh, longtime OG Vikings vent line caller, and now joining us. We'll we'll probably see you next week after that Browns game. And and uh, what do you think, Judd? Do you think this was? We saw the stats this week on teams that start zero three, and it's like five teams in the last thirty or forty years have made the playoffs after starting zero three, and only one in the last twenty. They do have an extra playoff spot now, and there's an extra game. But like this, probably was a season saving win. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, this if they had lost this game and it started out, as far as I was concerned, in disastrous fashion because of how bad the defense looked, we would be having a conversation right now about Mike Zimmer's job security. There's no question about it. It would go from sort of a buzz of reckless speculation to, no, this is really on the table. If they lose to Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski, the guy that a lot of people think should have been the next head coach of this team, and they were 0-3 and now they're 0-4, uh, you were looking at a – potential coaching change around the bye week. So this is a season-saving win, potentially. Uh, um, it dials down the pressure immensely on Mike. So, yeah, it's absolutely enormous. And and you know what? Ideally, the defense starts out in this game and plays a better game. But the fact is, the offense came back, and the offense looked great. And I I just I, I find it to be, and we, we can certainly get into this more as the week progresses because it's a big-picture conversation. I just find it to be so interesting that this offense, and Cousins in particular, thrived without this weird reliance on Cook as if Cook has to be the star. Um, they, they spread it out, and they basically said, you know what, we're going to go, we're going to ride with our QB, who in the first two games played pretty damn well, and it worked perfectly. And I just I wonder if they're going to watch this film and I'm not saying that Dalvin won't be extremely important. Don't hear me wrong. But I wonder if they're going to watch this film and come up with some different ideas about what Madison did, about what Cook can do, mm-hmm. and about the fact that right now you need to ride Kirk Cousins. Yep. You need to. Like, like this is not a nice game. This guy has now played three incredibly solid games. And, I mean, it's no joke. If he beats Cleveland here, I know that, that they would just be a two-and-two team. But Kirk Cousins, at some point in time, like he did a few years back, would put himself in the MVP discussion once it starts. Uh, some some more interesting quotes here from Mike Zimmer after this game. He told the assembled media, yeah, I really felt the pressure and the heat going into this week. But after I put on a pair of Chill Boys from ChillBoys.com, I just felt relaxed out there during that game against the Seahawks. Chill Boys is passionate about one thing, your comfort, whether you're the head coach or whether you're just, you know, a random Joe who feels the need to upgrade his uh, his underwear like we are. Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com, we can all vouch for it. The most comfortable underwear we've ever worn. And now they have long underwear, too. Oh, I rocked it on months. Saturday on the golf course. Nice. I rocked oh. it on Saturday. I knew the Vikings were going to win this game this week when at my doorstep was another package of Chill Boys. Yeah. 
and everything I, is gonna be and fine. I slid boy. a pair on <laughs> and I said and I said to myself, calm, cool, and collected. I'm just like Kirk Cousins now. I'm the That's coolest right. guy on my block. That's right. When I put a pair of chill boys on, I always look in the mirror and I say, You like that? You like that? To the boys. Chillboys.com. It's a Minnesota-based company, so uh, support them, check them out, and uh, they'll support you if you know what we're saying. You like that? You like that? Who's next on Vikings Ventline here? Hello, baby. Let's go. What's up, Alex? How are we Skull doing? Skull Alex. What's going on, guys? I got a little. Go ahead. Do your school chant. Go ahead, do it. You gotta do it. Oh, you got camera. Skull together. with us. This little, this little, this little one. Skull, where, there she goes. Skull, skull, there it is. <laughs> Love to see it. Start this young. little one was there for the Minnesota Miracle. She was one month old for the Minnesota Miracle. So she's wow. been a Vikings fan since she was a little one. Let me go to another room so you guys can hear me. <laughs> I think you should just actually. I think you should just let her uh, just do this for like. I just want to say, Kirk, amazing job. (laughs) She has a little D there. There we go. Kirk did an amazing job. Sack Daddy, I want Judd. Can you please ask him tomorrow if he still thinks Kirk is you know what? Because we're ready to go. I think I'm just I'm excited. Kirk did a great job. I'm glad uh, Sack Daddy got some pressure today. I like that little uh, shove at the end and then a. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I thought he did a great job. I'm sorry. I don't. I know everyone can hear the daughter, so I'm just gonna. I'll let y'all go. But I just wanted to say, hey, great job. You, Alex. I'm, awesome, I'm happy man. for a win, guys. Thank you, man. Alex. Thanks for checking no in. Skull to you and yours. That's amazing. I love Children, it, pets. In some ways, you We're know, it can be. It, it, it can be considered. It can be considered cruelty if you're. If you're. You know, you're putting your children in front of the sometimes freight train of heartbreak that is Vikings football. But I guess you got to get them started early. Uh, all right, who's next? Let's keep rolling here on Vikings Ventline. Let's go to uh, another little guy, Okuni. What's good, dude? How are you? Hey, guys, what's going on? What's up, Okuni? Doesn't it feel so good to get the first win of the year? I mean, my goodness. It just kind of, like, takes the pressure off of everything. The rest of the week feels better. You're more excited going into the Browns game. Ah, man, it just feels good. But I want to give praise to the offensive line, Kirk Cousins and Clint Kubiak. They have been playing, besides the, the first half of the Bengals game, I feel like they have been playing top-notch this year. I mean, the offensive line is keeping Kirk up. Kirk is dodging pressure when he needs to. And Clint Kubiak is just calling great plays to keep us and second and short and third and short to keep the chains going. I wish our record was better than one and two, but at least we got our first win. And I agree with that. This is, this is like a game-changing, season-changing win going on. If we can win the rest of these two at home, I, I feel really, really good going on. Here's, here's something else, too, Acuna and, and Judd and Declan. The uh, the Bengals went into Pittsburgh today and absolutely laid the wood to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And I know. So the the Bengals are now two and one. Didn't they they played the Bears pretty tough last weekend. And if it weren't for Joe Burrow throwing three straight interceptions on three passes, yeah, so it is very likely that the Bengals are a lot better than a lot of people gave them. Not not that you need to sit here and like that was a bad loss by the Vikings. I'm just saying yeah. like. It wasn't yeah. the devastating loss on paper that if the Bengals are going to be competitive, yeah, then it's, it's it a was, better yeah. loss, I guess, is what I'm saying. I, I think yep. the best. Yep. I, think I agree. The best case that you can hope for here too is, is this: the second half of today's game was a pretty good blueprint 
um, of what you need and what and what you need this offense to do. And if I could, if I could take one piece of the defense that I'm really disappointed in and that needs to step its game up, it's not the pass defense because I like they redid the corners, but it's you know Patrick Peterson, Breland, so so I was a little suspect. It's the run defense. That run defense has to be more stout to start games. They gave up 90 yards in the first half, and and what uh, Seattle did at times was they went no huddle and caught the Vikings um, in the wrong personnel packages. But that run defense, flat out, in my opinion, when you're paying Tomlinson and Pierce as much as they are, needs to be really, really stout and really good. Uh, that would be the one thing that I, I think needs to and should show real progress here. And and if you can do that, it's going to help you a lot. I totally agree, um, though, especially with the run defense. I mean, have we heard Delvin Tomlinson's name in the last three games? I mean, we, we got him in free agency. We expected him to be this run stuffer like Limbo Joseph, and we haven't heard a thing from him. One thing I would also like to see from the defense is I'd like to see a lot more pressure uh, on the quarterback early on in games during the first half. We're able to get it during the second half. And also, I think Zimmer, his uh, time clock management today was a lot better, but also just situationally, you know, like third down, third and longs and stuff, you know, at specific points in the game when it really matters, you know. He did it really good in the second half, calling, you know, great blitzes that, you know, confused Russell Wilson and everything. If he can work on that and, and, and they can work on the run game, I feel really good about the rest of the team. Okuni, we love your insight. We'll talk to you after the Vikings and the Browns heavyweight fight next Sunday. That should be a blast. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. That game was going to be a buzzkill if it was 0-3, right? Because it's like, oh, God, is this is this going to be like the the – is this going to be the game that right. now everything starts to turn toward 2022, which, you know, whatever, we'd have fun with that too. But um, now it's like, oh, wow, the Vikings just, I mean, the Seahawks are a legit team in the NFC. And uh, the way that the Browns looked again today, <laughs> the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Whoa, so Justin they started Field? Justin Fields for the first time. He went yeah. 6 of 20. The Bears had 47 yards of offense for the game. They averaged 1.1 yards per play, which is the second fewest basically in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Fields was sacked yeah. nine times, correct? That is correct. Here's Bear an, down. Here's an interesting uh, tweet from Cam Dantzler just nine minutes ago. Okay. Quote, I'm tired of biting my tongue about this whole situation for real, dot, 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 dot. So hmm. I don't know if he's still frustrated by not getting snaps. Obviously, the team won today. Kind of a weird timing to tweet something out like that at 6.47 p.m., so just 10 minutes ago. But again, tweeting, I'm tired of biting my tongue about this whole situation yeah, well, for see. real right now. Dex, a Buckeyes player, quit the team in mid-game last night and I think threw his jersey in the stand. So, you know, mm. it's a different day and age of, <laughs> of the modern athlete now, but that's got to be about playing time. Well, Dude, you know, I'm, the, the, what's the point of tweeting? Dude, well, this... Whatever he's talking about, whether yeah. it's whether hips, whether sure. it's him trying to be like everything's fine behind the scenes, and you guys are trying to put you know whatever. This is not the time to tweet something cryptic oh, like that. Yeah. It shows it shows immaturity, and it pro- it's probably a glimpse into why he hasn't been yeah, higher up on the depth chart for the last two months. Yep, but I mean, he probably watched Breland in the first half. It's like I should play, and unfortunately, does not have the necessary filter to be like I should probably tell my agent this and not the fans. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no. I. I mean, this is. 
I'm just saying an Ohio State player literally, I believe, walked off the field and quit the team during the game last night. <laughs> so that, so that, not I everyone that is making – not every athlete in 2021 <laughs> makes show. good career decisions. <laughs> I'm quitting. I quit I, as a gopher football fan yesterday, actually. That's what I did. Oh, no, we can, I can't wait for it. I burned all of my hooded sweatshirts. I got some, <laughs> I got some statements that go well beyond the Vikings' <laughs> impressive win today. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so this is Vikings Vent Line, the most interactive show in Minnesota sports, presented by Surly Brewing Company, also presented by the Minnesota Lottery and these Vikings scratch game tickets. So, you know, your Sunday's already going pretty damn well, right? The Vikings just beat the brakes off the Seahawks, who finally came to U.S. Bank Stadium for the first time and found out what that atmosphere is like. If you want to make your Sunday even better, why don't you check out one of these $5 scratch games that can win you up to $100,000 or a $2 skull game they can win you up to $15,000. Say, I'm into Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. must be 18 or older to play. Click the subscribe button if you're watching us on Purple Daily YouTube. We'll get you daily Vikings entertainment in return. And click the like button. Let's see how many likes we can get on this thing and uh, pump up the positivity after the Vikings' first win. Who's next on Ventline, Declan? Yeah, let's go to Alex. Alex, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Ventline. Hey guys, like I can't beat the other Alex that had his, you know, little girl on there. I mean, that was awesome. But uh, I do got my purple light on. Wow! Celebrate yeah. the the first Vikings win. Just feels so it. good, man. I love it. So you're just like sitting in a completely pitch black basement with a purple Vikings light in the background. Oh no, this is my upstairs. This is oh, just oh. how I roll. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. I appreciate. Yeah. Nice. Also, the light what, it burns. So what stood out but, to um, you? What stood out to you today? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody pretty much said everything that I, you know, had before. But um, how about Gronklin finally unleashing? I think he had, what, almost 100 yards and a touchdown today? Yeah, he had seven, close to that. seven catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely a good sign, especially because I haven't even really heard much from that Herndon that we traded for. Um, so that's definitely, you know, another piece of the puzzle, the arsenal. Um and yeah, I just loved that the fans booed Gray Joseph when he tried to, you know, what was it on the two yard line when they were attempting that last field goal? Like I just couldn't help but laugh at that. They, like, they, they were actually booing Zimmer, yeah. I think, though, for not going going for it because yeah. it was fourth and goal right. from the one. Which, by the way, I'm team fan on that one. Mm. I would yeah. try to score the <laughs> touchdown because because worst case you're stopped. You're at the one yard line. Yeah, they're, go Dagram at the one. There there were three. Two involving the Seahawks to today and that one. There were three fourth down punts I didn't get, or or field goal attempts in Joseph's case. Uh, Seattle Seattle tried a field goal um, that missed I think wide left from like thirty or forty four yards. It was fourth down and three at the Vikings thirty four, and Seattle was playing well at the time. Why not go for that? That's the first kick that that dude's missed in like two years. Yeah, but I mean, I'm he was like even thirty-seven faulting, straight but, field goals or something. But I said before, like. but I said before the kick, why not? You know, it's fourth and three, and at that point, the Vikings aren't playing well defensively. No. Try and get the first down. I agree. And there was another weird one that Pete Carroll, who I think's lost his fastball a little bit, there was another weird one. Yeah, on He fourth still down. chews gum about as fast as he used to, though. Yeah, but I don't think he's got the fastball that he used to have. But anyway. Just fourth chewing down. gum. Fourth down, coaches, just start. I mean, there's a lot of situations. Just go for it. Yeah. Alex, uh, any final thoughts from you, man? Yep, just Skull Vikings, and I uh, can't wait for the next week against the Browns. I think they're going to sweep the home home stretch here because, yeah, you know, good. you got Detroit after that. And who knows? I mean, Carolina, 
you got that last uh, game before the bye. They're without McCaffrey. So I don't know if he's going to be back in time for that game or not. So yeah, this could be some... the, the start of a good roll here. There's some gettable games. I will, I will warn people. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, Alex. I, I will warn people. Detroit had that game won against Baltimore today, if not for Justin Tucker kicking an NFL record 66-yard field goal at the buzzer. Yeah, um, but that was in Detroit. Uh, Jared Goff will collapse here. I agree. Like Russell saying. Wilson, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, did, did not collapse. Um, you're right, Phil. The second half pressure improved things, but Russell Wilson didn't fold. I'm curious to see what Mayfield does here. And a guy, a guy like Jared Goff is going to be like a cheap suit. He's got, he's just going to fall apart. Okay. He's going to fall apart here. This place is deafening. It is so loud. And if the Vikings play well at all, and that's why to go back to the second quarter defensive holding call against Seattle was so important because when Kirk got sacked, this place went dead silent. It's 17 to seven. People are like, Oh my God, Oh, and three, the defense is playing so poorly. And the Vikings got that, that breath of life again. And the building picked up and to the Vikings credit, they then drove down the field and scored. That's a credit to the Vikings. But that's why that to me was such a key play because the building, the atmosphere in this place really changed at that point. Uh, I see there, there's a couple disgruntled Seahawks fans in our YouTube comment section. Let's see here. Um, Oops, looks like I accidentally blocked you. Sorry. Uh, all right, let's get on to our next Vikings fan guest here on Ventline Dex. Yeah, let's go to uh, Mike. Mike, what's up, buddy? You are on Vikings Ventline. Just got to unmute your mic for on uh, StreamYard there. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. What's up, Mike? Doing well. By the way, just being uh, from Chicago to see Justin Fields do as bad as he did today was hilarious because before the game, everyone was like, oh, he is literally the next like Dan Marino and – it's probably not even his fault, but just to see them play as badly as they did was hilarious. I have so many questions. Is Matt Nagy validated? Because everyone's like, you got to you got to put Justin Fields in the whole time. He's been like, I think we need to wait. And then and then he puts him in and he looks like garbage. Or is Matt Nagy look like an idiot because your entire offense was like NFL historically bad today? Forty seven yards. I think he looks like an idiot both. for decisions he's made way before today. So I don't think today had anything to do with that, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're still calling for his head out here. So <laughs> hilarious bears vent line will be festive the next couple oh days God. on purple daily and Mackie <laughs> and Judd. So be sure to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start with a couple negatives. I guess I had was I, I d- still don't feel confident in the secondary. Like they've first half, they were terrible. And, you know, I know the Seahawks have some good weapons, but, I mean, come on. After three games, like, we spent all this money on defense. Zimmer is a defensive coordinator, essentially. Like, you got to be at least a little bit better. And, you know, I still think the the front four is pretty good. I think the linebacker group is, isn't is bad. But the secondary, I mean, that's so important. So they, I think they have to step up their game. And, you know, despite Cam Dantzler's tweet, I still think he's better than Breland at this point. It's been it's been tough to watch. And then I think today also proved that given Dalvin cook, that extension probably was not worth the money. I mean, you can find running backs, uh, Alexander Madison's not bad at all. Like he's, he's a tough runner. He doesn't have the speed that cook has, but he's been so good for us. And, you know, we showed with, even when we had Latavius Murray, like he wasn't like as good, like rushing yards per attempt. Like he got the job done. Like that's all you need, especially with, with Kirk playing as well as he is and the receivers we have. So it's like, why, why do we give him the extension? Like I like cook. He's obviously really good, but I, I think he was, he was overpaid. Um, but the, and also 
real quickly, Justin Tucker, 66 yard field goal is ridiculous. And we don't have a kicker that can make a 37 yarder to win a game. Like, come on. That's that was so frustrating. And you know, what's funny when, when Greg Joseph or any Vikings kicker lines up for a 37 yarder with the game on the line, all of us are like kind of cringing, like, Oh God, what's, you know, what's going to happen? Like, you know, that he's probably going to miss it. When Ravens fans watch Justin Tucker line up for a 66 yarder, they're pretty sure he's going to make it right. They're like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's it's an NFL record, but like he's Justin Tucker, of course he of course he's going to give this thing a ride. And then when it hits off the it hits off the crossbar, and if if that's a Vikings kicker, it hits off the crossbar and then like you know goes back toward the playing field. But because it's Justin Tucker and any other team besides the Vikings, it goes through the uprights. It's just ridiculous. Oh, oh even on an extra point, I'm like, I don't think we're going to make this one, and it's probably going to cost us the game at the end. But <laughs> that's beside the point. But the positives, I mean, Kirk Cousins looks amazing right now, and I've always been a Kirk Cousins fan. But, I mean, to his credit, he looks even better than, you know, some of the stats he put up last year. And what, I'm, what I really like is, like, it's not just the numbers. Like, the eye test is kind of backing it up. Like, he's – been accurate he's been clutch at times um you know showing some mobility at times it's it's been really fun to watch him kind of take his game to the next level and you know I assume that if the team struggles and they don't make the playoffs both Zim and and uh Kirk are gone but I'd actually be really curious to see what Kirk does with an actual offensive minded coach because I think you know for all the problems that you know maybe he's had and the team's had the last few years I think if he had someone that was willing to work with him, you could really see the difference in him. And actually I'll give some credit to Clint Kubiak and even the first couple games that weren't called great. I'll kind of blame that more on Zimmer than, than Clint, because I mean, play calling has been great in years and, you know, whether it's the fans or anyone else, like, no, that's, I, it hasn't really changed no matter who the OC is. So I'll blame that more on Zim than anyone else. Um, and also one last point is, the funny thing is like one and two, like it's not a great record. Um, I think one thing we all talked about was to get off to a good start. Kirk needs to be good. And he's been very good, if not great. And we're still only one and two. Um, you know, you guys kind of talked about like, um, is Kirk maybe the most unlucky quarterback ever? Or is he missing something? The first three games, it feels like he's been pretty unlucky. Like, <laughs> so I'm hoping the team actually picks up and, and Kirk's able to continue the streak that he's been on and, and we can uh, get, 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 at least get in contention here. Like this has been really annoying because the division's up for grabs and it feels like we're just letting, letting Green Bay win the division again. So hopefully we can, we can pick it up. Green Bay's got a, it's tonight, right? They're playing yeah, they're San Francisco tonight. here shortly. That'll be a, a tough one, but uh, Mike, great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Judd, real quick, what are your thoughts on the uh, his Dalvin? So his, his first point was that the Vikings may have made a mistake or at least have reason to second-guess paying Dalvin Cook. Right. Thoughts? We talked about it. Um, Dalvin Cook is a special player. Dalvin Cook is a star player. Unfortunately for Cook, he plays running back, and that's a position at which we can have a discussion about how much you, you should pay that player because you don't only pay guys based on their ability. You pay them based on their ability at the position that they play, i.e. quarterbacks get paid huge. Why? Because quarterbacks are the most important position in sports. Um, defensive ends like Daniil Hunter get paid. Why? Because they are hard to find. 
running backs can be schemed into being pretty damn good fairly quickly. I'm not saying that they all can do it, and Dalvin Cook is the best running back on this team. I don't want people to mishear me here. But this is why when we talked about this, and Phil, I think that we basically agreed last year, is do you want to eat up a lot of salary cap space potentially with a position um, at which you can, A, find guys. There's no, no doubt about that. You can find guys. And, B, at which there's going to be quick attrition because there – there is. I'll give you another position that's similar. It's more important, in my opinion, but it's similar. Wide receiver. Stefan Diggs, fifth-round pick. K.J. Osborne was drafted pretty much exclusively to return kicks. Special teams guy. Turns out he's pretty crappy at that. You know what he's pretty good at? Being a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so, so this is never a discussion about Dalvin Cook's not that good. No, Dalvin Cook's great, but he doesn't play quarterback. He doesn't play defensive end, and he doesn't play cornerback. So that's why, and people thought that we were crazy at the time because we got a lot of pushback, but that's why we had those big discussions about is that does this guy play a position that you want to pay really well because then that means you can't sign somebody else, a guard, a defensive end, guys like that. Madison's good too. Yes. You know, there's, there's, there's always guys like Madison that you can find. Oh my God. You know, second, third, fourth rounds. And um, I don't know, I obviously – I'm not saying you should just go and trade Dalvin Cook, but it might be it might be something worth exploring in the offseason if you feel like Madison for less money can be the guy. What do you got there, Declan? Yeah, so this is Alex Madison's uh, next-gen stats. So you can see these yellow lines here and green lines, the yellow lines being gains of 0 to 5, and then those green ones being gains of 5-plus yards. So 26 carries, a buck 12. Um, not really hitting, I mean, hitting some big runs, but not hitting home runs, but he's effective. He's an effective back, and mm-hmm. Dalvin's awesome. I mean, how many times has Boone or Mackey or Judd or anyone of us have come on the show and just said, with Dalvin Cook on the field, it establishes the run. And a guy like Alex Madison, like, yeah, it, it's easy to say, like, well, you didn't have to overpay for Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook's a damn good special back and you want him on your team. But when you see something like this from a third-round pick who's making chump change, yeah, just cost-effective-wise, it, it, it would make more sense not to overpay for a running back. It's like if you told me right now, all right, you can have Alex Madison as the starting running back for the next three years for a lot less money, and by getting rid of Dalvin Cook, so trading him, it would guarantee you, you know, a top-ten center. You know, like what I would want to know, what okay, what's, what's the trade-off? Because I'm not just going to say goodbye to Dalvin Cook, but if it meant, hey, you can use that extra cap space or you can use – you know, whatever the return is in a trade to get a hole filled somewhere else, you know, I'm probably open to that conversation. But um, I will you know, ask Alex Madison's a starting caliber running back, I think. Would you rather have Steve Hutchinson or Dalvin Cook? Steve Hutchinson. Steve Hutchinson. And if you remember in 2006, a year before AP, Chester Taylor, who had been a backup, and I liked him a lot, but he was a backup to Jamal Lewis in Baltimore, came here and had a really big year. He was good, but why? Because that offensive line was damn good. And one reason why that line was so damn good and gelled so well is because you got a Hall of Fame left guard. Um, I would almost always rather spend on a special lineman and then put a good running back behind that line than I would say, okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to have Cook and the line might be okay. It might not be because the problem there is, again, the attrition, right? The, the, so Dalvin Cook, by by the nature of the Vikings line not being near elite, partially gets beat up, and he's really good at trying to get extra yards. But he's also a guy who that catches up, up to. So that's why, yeah, I think that there is a very good case to be made that if you tell me Joe Thune or Dalvin Cook, 
I'm taking the left guard. Uh, Steve Hutchinson is pretty old now, but I still think he could hold up, which is why I, I still choose him. It's like when somebody asked Ted Williams, you know, like 15 years after his playing career or 20 years after, do you think you could, you know, how, you think you could hit 300 today? He's like, yeah, for sure. I could, I could probably hit 350 <laughs> or whatever. He's like, or he said, like, I could probably hit 300 or 310. I'm like, oh, really? That's it? That's all you could hit? Well, you got to remember, I'm damn near 65 years old. So I wonder if Steve Hutchinson right now, give him two weeks of training, if he could, uh, Block as well as, as Dakota Dozier. You have to get fatter, bigger. Yeah, he probably would. He lost a lot like, of weight. He looks really good months. now. I want to know with Dakota Dozier on the active roster. I'm not saying I'm just It's saying. true. He was on the active now roster. Now he's back down tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Alex Madison, 26 carries for a buck 12. He also caught six passes for 59 yards in this game. He was targeted eight times. So um, they just plugged him in and they used him just as much as they would have used Dalvin Cook. Who's next on Vikings Vent Line? Declan? Yeah, let's go to uh, Jack. Jack, what's up, man? What's up, hey, Jack? how are you guys doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Glad to be on the show. I have not been on here since it was Judd's hockey show and the Wild threw a terrible playoff game, and, and that was <laughs> wow. rough. But today we got to celebrate. Um, I started taking notes when we were down uh, pretty bad in the first quarter. So I was like, I'm going to stay positive with it. Um Real quick here, I'll flip back to my first page. I love the Judd. paper notes. This, this is a very Judd-like thing. You're like yeah, a miniature you. Judd here, man. Yeah, yeah, that's paper notes. Sports, sports dad. I appreciate it. Well, uh, my, my father was born in 67, so he's right around that time. He brought me up, and since I was about six, seven years old, I've always known you got to watch out for kickers. you got to watch out for Minnesota hockey foiling their odds at making playoffs and all that good stuff. Yep. But I came prepared today. Um, ready for a loss to stay positive, but today we get to be positive with a win. So, like, first things off, um, this was a little bit later in the game, but watching Myers miss a 44-yard field goal, uh, it just felt so good. Like, not that it was like a game-winning field goal kind of thing, but, like, just seeing that kind of happen to someone else, you know, like, like 44 yards, he'll probably make it, and he didn't. That was really fun. Um, the other one, Garrett Bradbury, you know, he's looking like a first-round bust, but... I get to choose where to inject my purple Kool-Aid. And so watching him absolutely bully uh, 56 on 56 Brooks, the linebacker on that little screenplay out to Madison, I believe it was, uh, was a lot of fun. But then after that, the Vikings came back, uh, made it a win, gave me some other stuff to talk about. My other point real quick here, um, who gets it? Harrison Smith gets it. I was a little worried about him watching him uh, in the first two games. Uh, I, th- I was like, man, is he getting a little bit slower? You know, is that contract going to come to bite us in the butt? But on that last play uh, where you can argue whether or not it should have been an interception or not, we didn't really need it. But um, coming in, making a big play like that after a big contract signing compared to someone like Anthony Barr who decided to, you know, kind of fall flat after he came back. Harrison Smith gets it. After you get paid, you got to show why you get paid. So that was fun to see. Um, And then also, I know we (laughs) talked about, too, with the lack of depth on the team, um, specifically Zimmer talking about his defense and stuff like that. But today, I think we can all agree, and you guys touched on some of this already with Madison, but, uh, you know, I think we have some depth in some of the right positions. So I made a little note on the side here uh, after that replay where Tyler Lockett was down, Um, And we thought we had a fumble there for a minute. It was the right call, but, you know, I was like sitting there going, man, you know, these replays have been killing us, right? Like Dalvin Cook was his butt down. 
probably was, oh, well, we got burned. But then I remembered, we said a long time ago that this is the year of expectations. So I don't care if you got to play against the refs, if you got to play against the 11th man in Seattle, the Vikings had to show up. This is kind of make or break year. And in terms of who is rising to meet expectations and who is not. uh, So some of the guys that would not get mentioned, like Justin Jefferson is kind of just what we expected. We knew he was a a dynamic player, so he's not on this list. But Daniil Hunter makes the list, comes back from injury. He's looking really good. I think we can all agree Daniil's back. Um, I think the biggest one is Kirk. I don't think anyone thought Kirk was going to look like this this early in the year. Um, And then the other three kind of all go hand in hand. Uh, Tyler Gronklin. Madison and KJ Osborne, right? You guys touched, you guys touch base on all three of those guys throughout the show so far today. But uh, those three guys who are all, I mean, backups or, you know, somewhat of a depth player, right? You got a third wide receiver. You got a guy who was supposed to be playing second tight end behind Irv Smith. You got these guys coming up, making plays. And I was going to touch on the Madison thing, kind of showing you that, you know, you don't, need to pay $12 million for a running back, but you guys already covered that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you can just find these guys. And so those were some of my, some of my main points here today, but uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, what do you guys think? I'll, I'll ask one question here before I go. What do you guys think after this game? How do you feel having Kevin Stefanski revenge game come back here? I know you guys kind of talked about Judd thinks, you know, Baker's going to be real squirrely. Um, but do you think we'll stack up pretty well in that revenge game? Jack, thanks for all your wow. great insights. Uh, bringing the noise here. very we'll, proud of you for the notes. Yeah, I'm kind of we'll, scared for my job right now, I'll be completely honest. You should be, man. By the way, that extra note is called in the margins. You put the note in the margins. In the margins. Off yeah. to the side. That's in the margins. I feel like Jack is destined to be a newspaper man. He's, he's destined to be an ink-stained wretch the rest of the Well, you know what that means, then. He'll be drinking Surly Furious <laughs> soon. Right. Soon enough. Um, well, to his last question about the Kevin Stefanski revenge game, it's only a revenge game from Kevin Stefanski's standpoint if he thought that he should have been the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, right? Like, I don't think anyone on this side has any animosity towards Stefanski. I root for Stefanski, and I, and I, I, I like to see the Browns succeed, you know, not necessarily next weekend. But the Vikings winning this game today makes that game a lot more fun to talk about and then obviously the stakes are going to be just a lot more important because um, the Vikings, the, I mean, the Vikings, the stakes might've been high either way because the Vikings might've been playing and coaching for jobs uh, to prevent going over four. But like um, it makes the game a lot more fun because the Vikings won the way that they did today. What do you guys think? Absolutely does. And it's a, it's a really good test at home against a good team, which you need. And so I think that, it's only a revenge game in the sense of, of what Stefanski has done, and he and the Browns have done a great job, uh, what they've done in Cleveland now, and they're going to bring their team here, and we're going to get to see what a Stefanski coach team for the first time really looks like. Uh, so it, it's not to me, it's not like a Zim against Stefanski in reality. That's a, that's a fun storyline. But what it is is this is going to, to be a test. I believe that Cleveland right now is a better team than the Seahawks. I think it's going to be tough. Bill, you talked about the Browns offensive line. Miles Garrett, who had like four and a half sacks or five sacks mm-hmm. today, uh, is going to be tough. So this is going this is going to be a really good test at home. And I would argue that the Vikings should win this game. But it's going to be a but you're going to 
be going against a team that's going to make it extremely tough. So I just I'm looking forward to it from a an entertainment standpoint, and b it's going to give us a pretty good idea because like like the Cincinnati game I didn't think in fact I know the first half the Vikings played really poorly, uh, the Cardinals game you can talk about the luck and the uh, Greg Joseph miss and that's all legitimate. I think this game is going to give you a really good idea of where this team is at and going against a team like the Browns. I'm curious, can Kirk keep this up? Because the Kirk Cousins that we're seeing right now um, is Kirk Tober. And it's, September. last I checked, September. Yeah. And, you know, October came early this year. And if, right, he can, yeah. and if he can continue this and this offense can continue to look like it does, that's a game changer for, for a Zim coach team. Like we're used to the defense carrying it, and this is a different. This is a different dynamic. And if you beat Cleveland, I think flat out it's going to be impressive. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like I don't so think if, it's going to be if, like, uh, well, they weren't that good, or it's fluky. I think it's impressive. If nice. they beat Cleveland, it legitimately puts them in a different discussion in the NFC. Yes, because because it, it'll have been back to back wins against playoff teams. After a loss on the road against a team that many think could be a playoff team, Arizona, they came back to beat Jacksonville down, you know, 13 points today. Yep, and and I just looked this stat up, and this to me might be the most impressive thing. It's one of the most impressive things about the game today across the board, but it's the most impressive thing about the second half of this game. Seattle at halftime, time of possession, 16 minutes, 47 seconds. For the game, 24.07. They had the ball for a little over eight minutes in the final two quarters. And here's what I hope Zim looks at, because here's the lesson. What did the Vikings do effectively today? They threw the football. I always feel like it's got to run to burn the clock to keep to keep their defense on the field and keep mine off, right? The Vike Kirk, because you let Kirk control the game, he did a great job both running with a run but also with the pass of absolutely dominating the time of possession in that second half. And I'm, I'm seeing, you know, the stats about what the Seahawks didn't do. I, I think they rushed for like 12 yards in the third and fourth quarters. But why? Because they didn't have the ball. Because the Vikings did a magnificent job offensively. I'm going to go back and give them credit again. A magnificent job offensively of keeping the football beginning with that first drive. Yep, this is uh, Vikings Vent Line presented by Surly Brewing Company. Judd is at the stadium right now at U.S. Bank Stadium. Phil Mackey here and our executive producer, Declan Goff, sipping on a Surly right now. Um, A few nuggets here before we get back to Vikings fans and uh, turn the show back over to you guys. So the Pioneer Press, well, actually, everyone, all of the beat writers are basically quoting some version of the same thing here. So a lot of the Vikings players have come out and said that Kirk just, yeah, Kirk's got more swag this year, right? And uh, I'm just reading this account now from the Star Tribune. So players talking about Kirk Cousins playing with more swagger. When Kirk was asked what that meant to him, he recalled what Kyle Shanahan said said about him as a rookie. Quote, your swag is having no swag. (laughs) Heard that. So self-reflective, self-deprecating Kirk. The Vikings are an early one-point favorite, by the way, for next week's game against Cleveland. Interesting. Really interesting. So that that tells usually it's three points for a home team. So the, the Vegas thinks Cleveland's the better team. The Vikings a slight favorite because of home field advantage there. We'll see where the line moves. Um, let's get to our next fan here on Vikings Ventline, the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. J.D., what's up, dude? I'm Vikings Ventline. How are you? Gentlemen, 
Gentlemen, it's good to finally speak with you. What's huge up, JD? Fan, huge fan of the show. Uh, guys, I've uh, been following you the past, I don't know, probably year and a half, I'd say. That's when I found you. And, yeah, I've just been absorbing all the conversations since. So Love it, man. Thank you very much for all of your contributions to Minnesota and the sports scene here. Well, thanks for uh, the kind words. What did you see today, man? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I was overall pretty happy with, with the game, right? I mean, it seems like we never beat the Seahawks. I mean, well, I mean, we literally haven't. Don't, yeah, I think it was Seahawks. 2009. I think <laughs> yeah, I think Favre. Brett Favre was the last quarterback yeah. to beat the Seahawks for the Vikings. Yeah, and they showed that little graphic, right? And it just seems like they always, we always, you know, go wide left, Blair Walsh, obviously, or they just you know, trounce us. So it was good to actually get that win, right? And obviously Wilson is a, a great quarterback, and I, I think our defense kind of came out today. Um, I do have some concerns, though. I mean, the first thing I want to bring up is, and we already touched on this, but Breland, you know, like he's consistently getting burned week after week and giving up big plays, giving up touchdowns, just looking out of position and loss. I don't know if he's hurt or if he's just like, that's just who he is. But I mean, I, I can't imagine that Dantzler would be much worse there tr- truthfully. So hopefully he gets a little bit of run. I, I don't know, Judd, what what you think about that? But I, I'm, I'm hoping as the weeks progress here that Dantzler kind of gets the, gets the call. I thought he about did, the, he he deleted that tweet by the way. Yeah, yeah. I thought so it took him three minutes <laughs> to delete that tweet. So I, I I think his his lack of overall maturity, including that tweet that is now gone, um, is definitely hurting him with the coaching staff. But yeah, among the things that like Patrick Peterson, you you can tell he he's not Pat P. Like he's he's okay at times, but he's definitely not Pat P. Um, Breland, I just don't think is that good. So yeah, yeah, I would, I'd be more interested in if, if they can get Dantzler calm down and away from Twitter, I'd be more interested in giving him a chance to develop than continuing to play Breland and somebody. And I didn't think the Seahawks did a great job here. Again, I didn't like their play calling, especially in the second half, but somebody is going to pick this secondary apart and it's not going to start. I don't think with seven, it's going to start with 21. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I'd prefer to turn to Dantzler. Guy's a third round pick too. Mm-hmm. And say, let's develop you. Let's get Peterson to give you knowledge and help you out and help you mature. Uh, because the Breland thing to me seems to be a recipe for disaster. Eventually but, but, against but he, somebody. Okay. But, but here's my pushback to that. I agree with everything you guys are saying. Breland has been a disaster so far, and they probably should look to put Cam Dantzler in, even though he tweeted something stupid today and cryptic <laughs> after the game. Right. But if they didn't get burned over the course of a full game by Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, then like, what are there like eight other teams on their schedule that are better in, in, in terms of passing and moving the ball through the air than a Hall of Fame quarterback? Um, and two I, of the best receivers in the NFL, like this, it didn't, it didn't really burn them that badly today. Yeah, this is where I hated, I hated Seattle's play calling. And after the script got done, it got worse. So they, they hired an OC from the Rams because he knows Sean McVay, and they went to uh, church together, and then they went to lunch. <laughs> um, I hated their play calling. So yes, I think a better schematic system will will identify Breland. And I'm just saying, before that happens, I would like to see somebody else play there because it's not like he's being paid a ton it's a one-year contract he signed i think in june 
So it's, if you had made an investment there and said, oh, my God, he has to play, yeah. I'd be for that. But also, again, I'm going to go back to Cam Dantzler as a third-round pick in a draft in which you took Gladney in the first round, and he's gone now. I'd like to see you develop your players. And I'd like to see those players not tweet weird cryptic things. Well, I agree with you. Ten completely. minutes after the biggest yeah. win. You're right, the, and that's a huge problem. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not debating that. You're, you're yeah. right. It's Great. such a different age, right? Like with, with Twitter, with social media. I'm, I'm about to quit the, the show right now. That. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw my it's headphones in the press It's such a different box. age that, that we live in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with your with your take, Judd, and, and Mackie on, on Breland. I mean – that's just one thing, right? I think it's a weakness, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, and again, you already touched on this, but you know, I think Alexander Madison, he has the skill as a as a three down back, right? And how many other teams out there in the league would prefer him as like their running back one, right? There's yeah. so many just kind of mediocre. Running backs out there. I think Madison was a was a steal of a draft for us. A great insurance policy for Cook, who's always injured. And then you know, thirdly, I, I feel like he could start for twenty plus teams in this league right now. I agree. I mean, I think he's he's probably the third best running back in the division. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. I think he's better than David Montgomery. Montgomery just gets to just gets to play more. You know, I, he's, he's probably the third-best running back in the division. Absolutely. And then uh, a few things to close because I'm sure, Dex, you got a, you got a full waiting room there. But, um, you know, I thought Tyler Conklin was great today, you know, really showed out, uh, was big, athletic, made those catches, and just kind of rumbled when we needed him, right? Um, I think Irv Smith's probably a different type of player, a little more athletic. But, you know, Conklin, absolutely, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll take him. I thought our defensive line was getting a lot of push, really making things uncomfortable for Wilson. Um, we had a few key third downs that, you know, went to fourth down because our, our defensive line got in his face, which is great. And, you know, Wilson's a HOF quarterback. I don't think we can dispute that. And then, um, you know, lastly, I think the NFC North, I think that's our outlook to the playoffs, right? I mean, I don't know what the Packers are. They got trounced by the Saints, looked terrible. They wasted the Lions, which it's the Lions. Okay, great. You know, I think they're they're playing right now against the Niners. I, I think we'll see what they are. Maybe they're not quite as good. Their their O line is not very good, right? So, I think our ticket to the playoffs runs through the the NFC North, and the Vikings can just keep stringing together wins, including next week against the Browns. I'd favor the Vikings in that, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I think we get. We win the division, we get in the playoffs, and, you know, we'll just see what happens from there. I, I really think that's our ticket, though, because the NFC is pretty strong. Um, we just got to focus on winning the division. Right on. J.D., thanks for bringing, bringing the insight and the energy. Good questions, good comments, and we'll get you on again sometime, man, all right? Excellent. Thanks, Thank fellas. You. All right. Appreciate it, man. That's J.D. jumping into the show here, Vikings Vent Line. Let's keep rolling, Dex. Who's all next? Right. Let's go to uh, Cody. Cody, what's up, dude? You are on Vikings Ventland. Hey, How are you, man? Nice. Glad to be on. Been listening for a while. Awesome. Um, man. Well, first of all, I, I agree with all the uh, the Dantzler takes. I like uh, I like that Dantzler tweeted out that tweet actually because I feel like that's exactly the tweet that Breland would uh, would put out there if he was <laughs> in this position right now. It's uh, 
it's got to be super frustrating to see a guy get burned every single week and know you're a better player and uh, watch him continue to start. I think it's obvious after two weeks that, that Dantzler is the better corner. Um, my second take, uh, I think it was super cool to see that Mark Sanchez is probably the biggest Kirk Stan in the world Yeah, through the broadcast there. Dude, he, he was he has... all in on Kirk. Wow. I actually have I, – I made a list of all the things. So he was he was all in on Kirk, and then – Cody, can you tell me the second player he was all in on today? Amir, I can't. Amir Abdullah. What, what was oh, that? God, I, yeah. What was that all about? He kept, he kept, he he kept saying things route. like every time Amir Abdullah would, you know, would line up in the backfield, which was, I don't know, he, he probably got 10 snaps or whatever it was yeah. today, and then he, yeah. he would run out, he would go in motion and go out wide, and every time Mark Sanchez would giddily say, and there's Abdullah lining up out wide. I'm telling yep. you. You better watch him. Better and like two or, him. two or three times he said something like, you know, just just we're just waiting for Abdullah to to make a big play. It's going to happen at some point. And <laughs> CJ Ham, he was yes, all he over CJ Ham. He, he loves CJ Ham. Yeah. So he the thing, the things he said about Kirk Cousins, and by the way, like I mean, say all the positive things you want today after Kirk Cousins, dude was lights out. Uh, he said yeah. Kirk is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He called he called yeah. Kirk a stone cold killer. And a guy an that just d- delivers in the clutch, and he's an executioner, yeah. Wow. Um, and he said Minnesota fans take Kirk for granted. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Mark Sanchez, I, I man. I laughed out loud at the uh, at the most underrated quarterback in the league take. And, <laughs> Ted, uh, Teddy Bridgewater told, actually might, might be the most underrated quarterback. The game. I said, I love, I love hearing people talk about Kirk Cousins that don't watch them play every single week <laughs> because it's just – that's a different reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my third, my third favorite part of the game was uh, uh, Kirk Cousins' shoe throw. Oh yeah, that was mm. that elite. was probably what, what happened. The to decision his making <laughs> was elite. Right. It was elite decision making because he he had a choice. He tried to slide that thing on like it was one of his New Balances, and he was going on <laughs> to the back porch uh, to to overcook some steak. Funny. And yeah, so he, so he, he so Judd because Judd was at the game in the yeah, press box. Yeah, I was box. trying to look through the binoculars. So I don't know. Like on the previous play, he must have had. I don't know if his shoe kind of popped off, and he so he had his shoe sort of half on, yeah. but like the the heel was pressed down under his foot. I've done that. For right. So it was like right. his his right shoe was like a slipper going into that snap. Okay. And right. he didn't have time to like stick his you know thumb in there and pull the heel back. And so instead of calling, they had three timeouts left. Why not just call right? It was a third and seven. Right. It was a, kind of a critical play. And instead of calling timeout, he just kicks the shoe and he's like, nah, screw it. I'm <laughs> throwing a laser. A at <laughs> yeah, least I he made it. a quick decision. He did. I like, I like that. I but like that. You've got to preserve guy, yeah. those timeouts, man. But, I agree. He was like, and could have been picked. I didn't like it. Call a timeout, dude. He's like, doll darn it. I don't need the shoe. I'm not a He was, dude, he, he, that's the swaggiest thing he's ever done. No, actually, yeah. the you the you like that thing in Washington was the swaggiest thing. But kicking the shoe, he's, he was feeling himself so much. He's like, he had no doubt in his mind, I only need one shoe to complete this third and seventh pass. If you're going to lose the shoe, you got to complete the pass. Yes. That's the rule. I, I think it got batted down. Too, I will say, too, with no, with no Dalvin Cook, it seemed like it kind of opened up the play calling. Like you, they weren't running in situations where yes. in the past it feels like they're yes. were calling a run or calling a screen to Dalvin because they're obligated to do so because they have them. It's like, and, and it's also cool to see like 
with no I feel like Kirk Cousins is probably now like the the go-to guy on offense as far like who's going to be who's going to be the guy in charge I mean it's probably not the 33 year old coordinator it's definitely not Mike Zimmer like he's he's taking more ownership in the role yeah on the offense and it's I don't know like it, it reminds should. me like all the all the elite offenses that you've ever seen are like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type, where they have a lot of leeway and a lot of decision making and a lot of trust and confidence and ability to determine what they're doing because they're the ones there making the decisions. So I Cody, like that. Cody, who's the young Vikings fan in training there? Oh, this is uh, this is my boy. This is my boy Remy. He's uh, hey, Remy. Oh, hey Remy. Spider-Man. Remy. What's up, dude? <laughs> Big Vikings game today. Big win. Start and him early, man. He's obsessed with Spider-Man, so everything is uh, everything Spider-Man with this guy. I love that. I love it. <laughs> well, Cody, great insights, man, and uh, come back on again sometime, right? Will do. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks, All right, that's Thank Cody you. bringing the takes to Vikings vent line. Should we keep going here? Yeah, let's keep rocking. All right, let's, let's keep rocking. It. Let's go to uh, Andrew. Andrew, what's up, buddy? You're on what's Vikings up, Andrew? Oh, I made it. I made it to the show. This is it, man. This is, time, this is it, right? This is this is the pinnacle, man, right here. So, Your big so break I, came here. On, I, I did come on last year after the Dan Bailey debacle, oh, but it, uh, but this feels so much better. You know, yep. first of all, love your show. You guys keep me going five days during the week, both Mackie and Judd with Kaprizov and all that. But uh, Stone Cold Killer, Kirk Cousins today, what can I say, you know? He brought us to victory. I know it kind of seems like one of those things like, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. But, like, <laughs> I I was almost jumping off the train 0-3, and I was just like, you know, Spencer Rattler's looking real good. He's yeah, well, looking un- real un- good. Until, until yesterday. Until yesterday. Until yesterday. Until yesterday. Anyway, love your show. Just a, just a quick hello. Um, Thank you. But, you know. Kirk Cousins, I guess, uh, keep rolling with them. But awesome, Andrew. If there's one thing that you know that we can hammer home on this show every single week, it's that you should never jump off the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. We've been <laughs> behind him 100 percent the whole yep. way. He's amazing. Yep. Look at you oh, repping boy. the Surly Furious as oh, well. Yeah, man. That way to go. Love it, man. You like that? All day, fellas. Like all day. Have a good Love week. It. All right, good. Andrew. Thanks for in jumping fact, on, man. In Appreciate fact, it. I got I got this tweet during today's game. It was absolutely perfect. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at oh, that. someone someone's right. got the double. The, gonna, someone's going to stone cold Steve Austin right. with those two. Got to love it, man. It's what furious. Yeah. That's what the furious football lifestyle is all about. Okay, right here. The furious football lifestyle. Football. That's right. Here's what I want. Next week, yep. if the Vikings beat the Browns next week, yep. the, the Browns are legitimately one of the five or six best teams in the NFL right now. If the Vikings beat the Browns next week, I want someone to come on this show with two cans of Surly and give us a full Stone Cold Steve Austin beer bath. Slam those two things together, pour them all over your face, live here on Vikings Ventline. That's my challenge. If they win, let's celebrate in Stone Cold Steve Austin fashion. Chancy, I'll, I'll do it with you. I'll even I'll one it up it. If someone oh, wants Jack to do it, with you? Okay. I I will I will I will be there along your side. Drowning myself in silly brewing. Hopefully, you have a hardwood floor uh, area there in your I apartment. Do. I do. I I'll record. I'm in the kitchen. Put a towel so. on. Couple yeah, towels. Fine. Yeah, you'll, yeah be you'll be fine. Wouldn't be the first time. Yep. All right. Let's get to. I think it's Kip is yeah, next. Yeah, man. Uh, Loyal listener, Kip. Friend of the show, Kip. What's, Kip, up, what's Kip? up, bud? 
Man, I've been waiting for like an hour. I started in a noisy bar with Dolphin fan and Raiders fans because they went to overtime, and uh, <laughs> Daniel Carlson nails the field goal again. So that just was, it was great. Um, see, everyone's bringing on the, the cute kids and everything. I got the puppy here. You know, oh, the oh, who's a good yeah, boy? boy? Who's a good boy? And, and the puppy is named Kirk now, right? No, the puppy's name is. Uh, Puppy's name is Coco, so maybe okay. close to Coco. Yes, right. she, she's kind of looking at me. She's like, "Who are these three uh, dudes on on the screen here?" I'm trying to go to bed, and so <laughs> you know, I, I tried to get on last week. I didn't make the cut because I, I probably went off, and you know, and, and with kickers and everything. But you know, only took five weeks, Judd, and it took five weeks. A couple of predictions by me that says Chris could be traded by the deadline, and that looks like a horrible write-that-down prediction right there. So that's probably going to be a strike against me on that one. Um, but, Judd, I think the secret was you went down to Mike Zimmer and you handed him the pair of chill boys. And while he was changing those chill boys, you handed him the Judd's keys to victories in his play sheet. And you just slid it right in. Yeah. How'd you know? Yeah, as you said, Mike, listen to Judd. Just, just listen to GM Judd here, and just do this, and you will not be at, you know, unemployed next week, looking for, you know, at, you know, another job, you know, because I think if they go zero and three, the noose is getting tighter, yeah. and you know, and and now Kirk's saying three weeks in a row, it's not my fault anymore. Kirk just, you know, and and we finally lean into the Kirk. I'm going to steal a Matthew Collarism. Lean into the Kirk. They finally <laughs> just did it, yeah. you know. And and Zimmer's kind of like, well, my my defense can't stop a nosebleed, and so Kirk just go throw the ball, and 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 let's pray we don't have interceptions. And and you know what? And 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 Dalvin's little brother showed up today, the backup running back. There, they need to use him ten to fifteen times a game. Give Dalvin rest. Because now Madison has proven it, so that's just my thoughts there. And I wish I had a surly furious, but I, I had a Michelob Ultra with seafood tonight. So you know, I mean, you know, so it's it's, it's all good. And, and and Coco's just giving me the look now, like hurry up and get off the blood. <laughs> like wrap it, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, Coco, well, bye. Well, yeah, she passed gas, and that was the, that was the Seattle play calling today. So <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> I can't blame Coco. All right, Kip, yeah. Coco, <laughs> thanks for coming on Ventline. <laughs> Appreciate it. Coco's like, screw you guys. I got to boot. Who's a good Coco? Good good boy. Good girl. Whatever. That was a girl. Turns out Um, a girl. Oh, well. Who's a good girl? It's a good dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Vikings. Man, what a win for them today. If uh, if you guys are new to the show, this is Purple Daily. Vikings Ventland is our Sunday edition of Purple Daily, but... Uh, we're pumping out 10 episodes a week of Purple Daily, seven days a week, 10 episodes a week, all throughout the season. Alex Boone, former Viking, that uh, I think if if your last memory of Boone was being mad at him because he didn't live up to the contract, check him out on our show on Tuesdays because he brings amazing insight and energy, offensive line discussion, etc. It's a blast. Uh, realistic Randy on Purple After Dark on Tuesdays. Purple Access with Judd and Chip. Uh, midweek, usually Thursdays, and then um, all the other normal fun episodes. So check us out if you're new. Thank you. Click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and we'll get you daily Vikings entertainment in exchange. And uh, hit the like button on this video because it helps spread the word about this show. So any final thoughts from you guys after the Vikings finally get their first win of the season? Check this out quickly. I just got this one. Look at this outdoor setup. 
So he's got oh, the, the, the fearless, outdoor TV. Yeah, the outdoor TV. Idea. That's a nice mm-hmm. setup. I'm that's really a clutch, That's a clutch move, man. That's yeah, a great, great move. Um, move. I think that this win, first of all, is enormous. Because if you're zero three, there's a lot of trouble, and we could talk about well, they you know they they, they should be three and zero, or it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, I, I think it also sets up this homestand now to be incredibly successful, and you know, offensively, like I think, I'd like to see elements of the defense improve, no question. Okay, but that being said, I think we saw sort of what the blueprint can be if they allowed this offense to cook if they allow Kirk the freedom to do what Kirk can do. Um, and so, yeah. Empower think, Kirk. Empower well, Kirk. And make him, you know, and make him comfortable and make him, make, and I'm fine with this, make him the focal point. Because if he's not, you're probably going to fail. So make him what he was today, which is the guy who has the ability both, both through the pass and just orchestrating the offense to hold the ball, to help the defense like i think we saw today what happens when kirk's playing this well and you and you do go with that um so yeah i i think this i think this is an incredible positive today i really Dex, do. final thoughts i i think it doesn't derail your seasons if you lost today in your own three and you got the browns coming in i mean it just it yeah. i know the cliche of must wins and non-technical must win situations is an easy one to throw out but this to me felt like a must win and you had to go and prove it convincingly and the Vikings did that did they do that convincingly for the better part of three-fourths of this game today so they are they're back on track and as our listeners have pointed out you get you beat the Browns next week you're two and two Dude. you have the Lions you have the Panthers you have a bye week all of a sudden that zero and two and doom and gloom kind of completely goes out the window and you're gonna be sitting real pretty going mm-hmm. to the bye the Packers I think let me see here they were they were up three nothing ten nothing now they just game. scored again ten, all right well if they like beat the Niners quarter. then yeah, That's I was going right. to say, if they lose to the Niners and they drop to 1-2, and two, the Vikings, I think, might be the best team in this division, just depending. But if the Packers put up a fight and maybe beat San Francisco, mm-hmm. then you know, then, then we'll find out in the head-to-heads against the Packers. But this was, I agree with Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer said after the game, this was the best offensive performance he's seen in eight years as Vikings head coach. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. When you put into context the opponent, the opposing quarterback, like just the magnitude of all of it. It's Seattle, it's Russell Wilson. It's a it's a gunfight between Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins won it today. This was pretty easily the best uh, performance that Kirk Cousins has put up, I think. Um, I'm going to say it's a top-five Vikings performance, but you could argue that because he was facing Russell Wilson, it might have been the best performance that he's put up as, as a Minnesota Viking. It was incredibly complete. I, I think that's the difference. It was complete. I, I mean— the, the comeback against the Broncos, um, what, three years ago now in this building, was really nice. But you played a terrible first half. Mm-hmm. Today's game, offensively, I would challenge you to tell me where there – and there were some early drives that weren't great. But was there ever an extended period of time where they didn't look good, like they looked terrible? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I would say that it was incredibly complete, and I loved what I saw offensively from, I think, every element – tight end play, receiver play, running back play, offensive line play, quarterback play, right? Like like you go through it, and I think you're hard-pressed to say, well, this one area really didn't play great. I think every area, they might not have all played great, but every one of them did what you need them to do to be successful. Yeah, and uh, shout-out to Alex Madison just providing amazing insurance for the Vikings today. 
Just like Federated can provide amazing insurance for your business. That's right. If you're a business owner out there and you're looking to protect your bottom line, Federated is all about risk management. They're all about protecting your company, your bottom line, your employees, with all the resources and people that they can offer. Over 100 years of experience helping keep businesses protected. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. You like that? You like that? All right. But that's a wrap. That's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Ventline presented like, by uh, Surly Brewing Company. Looks like my oven's getting preheated for a little uh, pie chart of praise that should be being Ooh, delivered tomorrow. Going to dust oh, off okay. the pie chart of praise yeah, for the yeah. first time. It's been a long time. Been a it's long been, time. been yeah, about nine months do. or so since yeah. we've done I, a pie chart I, of praise. I haven't washed the pan, so that's going to be another thing. Oh, yeah, dude, excited, you should you know. wash oh, <laughs> that pan before I'm you put it in storage. You know, oh, now it's going to have all that scum stuff on it. Oh, yeah. All right. Pie chart of praise tomorrow and statements on Mackie and Judd. But thanks for hanging out with us. The most interactive show in Minnesota sports. It is Purple Daily here on Score North. Mackie, Judd, Declan, we'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.